Hello, and welcome to another episode of Yes, That Really Did Happen. Bit of an interesting episode for you tonight. We're going to talk about something that happened 49 years ago. 49 years ago on June 4th, 1974. I was reminded of this as I was at a baseball game on Sunday. And with the new rules and the new pitch clock and speeding up the game, they sell beer a lot longer than they used to. They sell beer all the way up through the 8th inning. They used to stop in the 7th. So that got me thinking. Beer and baseball, to be honest, they go together. They always have. In the early days, Chicago's Kaminsky Park had beer cellars underneath the baselines. It was a good place to store beer. So that brings us to June 4th, 1974. Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Cleveland in the 1970s was a city on the decline. Hundreds of factories had closed. Tens of thousands of jobs had been lost. The economy was poor, to say the least. And the money for recreation just wasn't there. So, needless to say, at Cleveland Municipal Stadium for the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians, attendance was, well, poor. They were playing that night against the Texas Rangers. They needed to pack the stands. Cleveland at the time was pulling about 5,000 people per game. Now, Cleveland Municipal Stadium held, at that time, 74,000 people. It was the largest baseball stadium in the country, and they were drawing four or 5,000 people per game. That makes for an empty stadium. It really makes for an empty stadium. So, what to do about that, right? Well, what they decided to do was hold a promotion. Baseball's good about promotions. Baseball holds promotions all the time. And what they held on June 4th, 1974, was 10-cent beer night. Dime beer night. Okay, that equates... A dime in 1974 money equates to about 75 cents in today's money, roughly. So it was 10 cent beer night. You could walk up and buy six beers at a time. Because why couldn't you buy six beers at a time? Eight ounce beers. Not a right, not a what we consider today a 16 ounce. So, uh, you know, really about three beers at a time. But, you know, either way, we're talking about uh, really, really cheap beer. This was a promotion put on by the Cleveland Indians and Strohs. So, instead of the normal 5,000 people showing up there, the promotion drew about 26,000 fans. And that was about twice the number that were expected. You could buy six beers at a time, but there was no limit on the number of purchases you could make during the game. 
The game started at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 3.05, because baseball. And throughout the game, the crowd got a little lubricated and fairly drunk. And they grew more and more unruly. Now, we've got to back up a little bit here and talk about this last series with the Rangers prior to 10 Cent Beer Night. So, before thousands of beers were consumed on May 29th, the teams were playing a three-game series in Texas, and there was a pitcher by the name of Wilcox brushed a Rangers player back off the plate, as was the norm in the day, and the batter ended up bunting. The pitcher picked up the ball, tackled the player, and then the benches cleared, and the two teams got into a fight. So already the fans really didn't like the Texas Rangers, right? So let's now jump back to June 4th. That was on May 29th, you know. Just a few days earlier in Texas. Now the Rangers are playing in Cleveland. Cleveland at the time was a pretty poor team. They were close to last place. And with all of that, they really didn't have any fans in attendance, except for 10 Cent Beer Night. Now, the other thing that happened about that time is in those days, June 4th was right about the time all the colleges were done with classes and let out for the year. So you had a lot of college students out there with not a lot to do, not a lot of money, but they certainly could get into a game and buy beers at 10 cents apiece. So the crowd's average age was a bit on the young side, and we don't mean young family-friendly baseball. We mean young, rowdy college students. I may have been guilty of being one of those in the past myself, but I digress. So early in the game, the Rangers jump out to a 5-1 lead. And the crowd's not real happy with this. They want to help their team win. So the fans, already considerably drunk by now, that were really, really getting getting hammered. Um, There's no other way to put it. They were just way beyond they had beer trucks lined up outside of the outfield fence and they hired two people to pour beer and they basically gave up they couldn't keep up there were so many people buying beer they had all these trucks lined up to pour the beer and they didn't so the two ladies they hired to pour the beer They got tired of the crowd, the drunken stupidity, and they walked off. Well, okay, now the beer's free, and nobody's enforcing a limit. So, with all these beer trucks from Stroh's being emptied by the crowd, there were some shenanigans that did follow. There was the first one, a woman runs onto the field and kisses the umpire. At least tried to. The umpire obviously got out of it for obvious reasons. Next up, a father and son duo, having some good bonding, jumped onto the field and then mooned the crowd. Mooning was 
probably at its apex there in the 70s. And these antics were a little out of hand. Well, okay, a lot out of hand. But they weren't dangerous, right? But at the same time, things started getting worse. Fans started throwing hot dogs. Fans had smuggled fireworks in and were throwing them into the Texas Rangers dugout and bullpen. And while all this is going on, the crowd is just nuts. The Rangers are horribly distracted. Cleveland managed to tie the game at five in the ninth inning. This is when the chaos ensued. In the ninth inning, game coming down to the wire, another fan runs onto the field, and this fan was absolutely insistent on getting uh, the hat off of the Rangers' right fielder. I don't know why it seemed like a good idea, but apparently it did at the time. Alcohol was definitely involved here. And the player trying to avoid the fan, Jeff Burroughs, fell and the manager thought that Burroughs was being attacked and went out, charged out of the dugout, planked by his players, some of whom were carrying their bats with them. And then the Cleveland fans, (laughs) they started throwing things like rocks, hot dogs, and they charged the field. And they started stealing everything. Stealing the bases. Not in the traditional baseball sense. No, no. They were actually stealing the bases. They were really just getting to it. And this whole riot breaks out. So a large number of intoxicated fans have now rushed the field. Some of them are armed with knives, chains, clubs that they fashioned from portions of the stadium seats they ripped apart. They surged the field and started hurling bottles from the stands. 200 fans surrounded the 25 Rangers with more fans coming over the wall. Realizing that the Rangers' lives might be in danger, Cleveland manager ordered his players to grab bats and go out and help the Rangers and start attacking their team's own fans. Rioters began throwing steel folding chairs. Uh, A Cleveland relief picture was hit in the head by one of them. After a player in a rioter get in a fist fight, another rioter jumped on his back and rode all the way back into the Texas dugout. The two teams quickly retreated off the field through the dugouts in groups with players protecting each other. The teams fled into their clubhouses and closed and locked the doors. The crowds pulled up, as I mentioned, stole the bases and anything else they found. Rioters threw a vast array of objects, including cups, rocks, bottles, batteries, hot dogs, popcorn containers, folding chairs. The umpire crew saying, yeah, this game's never starting. They forfeited the game to Texas. And at this point, one of the rioters struck him in the head with a part of a stadium seat, later calling the... Indians fans uncontrollable beasts 
and stated he had never seen anything like that had happened except in a zoo. The rioting continued for about 20 minutes. The broadcast team called the riot live on the radio. The security guards weren't able to handle the crowd. The, the, the Cleveland Division of Police finally arrived to restore order, arresting nine fans, deploying tear gas, and generally trying to restore order. An enterprising reporter for the Chronicle-Telegram attempted to interview a fan, but was punched in the face for his efforts. The general manager of Cleveland blamed the umpires for losing control of the game. Yeah, that's what happened. The American League president commented, there was no question that beer played a part in the riot. But obviously it did. (laughs) Beer played a part in the riot. You think? Now, this was 10 cent beer night. On June 4th, 1974. Um, they tried it again on July 18th. I mean, this is just crazy. That went so well. The promotions team says, hey, you know what? We ought to try this 10 cent beer night thing again. I think we can get it to work this time. So on July 18th, they attracted a crowd of 41,000 fans Beer again selling for 10 cents per cup, but a limit for two cups per person at the reduced price, after which they had to pay full price for the beer. That one went a little better, but I still can't believe they did it again. Um, Anyways, so that is a piece of American League baseball history. And 10 cent beer night. And this has got me into a complete rabbit hole of disastrous baseball promotions. So I'm sure at some point in the future, if not next week, we'll be discussing Disco Demolition Night. I thank you for listening as always, and have a great day.